you know, some of the things he said along the way were were pretty crazy. Like, you know, if if he spends the rest of his life in a wheelchair, he's fine with that as long as uh, as long as he gets back to the NHL. And it's the only thing he wants in life. I didn't realize there was only five seconds. I just jumped out into the crowd and started running towards them. So as I got the puck, all of a sudden I got rolled over. Here's Kretzky at the line. Oh, he hit. Kretzky really bounced by McCreary and he is hurt. It was his last shift in the NHL. <laughs> Never played really? again. Don't you ever let that bird stand in your crease. If he's there, you run him the f*** over. He was a beauty. I'm James Duffy, and this is Beauties, Hockey's Greatest Untold Stories, the podcast based on the book of the same name, which is now available. We're not going to share all of the book's stories on the pod, just a few. Today's tale, Fixing Razor. Google Ray Emery's name, and every story that pops up is about the way he died. Hamilton police confirmed the news late this afternoon in the harbor here early this morning. Divers had been searching the harbor all day after man. Confirmed that the identity of that male is Raymond Emery, 35 years of age, from Ancaster, Ontario. This story is not about the end of Ray's life. This is the other Ray Emery tale of one of the greatest comebacks in hockey history and of the man who pushed him every excruciating step of the way. The goalie and the trainer are both hurting when they find each other. Matt Nichols' hurt comes from being called into a meeting with Brian Burke and Dave Nonis in the spring of 2009. I never applied for the job. Uh, I didn't, I didn't, it wasn't my goal to be the Toronto Maple Leafs strength coach. I got a call out of the blue. It was never on my radar. I, I never played hockey growing up. It wasn't my sport. But my goal was always to be the best I could be at my job. And I, I really did pour my heart and soul into that job. And being told he is no longer the Toronto Maple Leaf strength coach. You know, the writing had been on the wall for a long time. Ron Wilson and I didn't see eye to eye uh, on, on, on much of anything. And uh, just had very different opinions and philosophies on how to do things. But I had no business plan. I really was kind of sitting around thinking, okay, what, what am I going to do with myself? You know, I don't really know what the next step is. For Ray Emery, the hurt is mostly physical. It comes from a hip injury that, in all likelihood, will end his hockey career. He'd been a rising star in goal with the Ottawa Senators, helping them reach the Stanley Cup final in 2007, just his second full season in the NHL. But then his career went sideways, then backwards, then full stop. He admitted to some bad decisions off the ice, but also believed he didn't deserve the bad boy reputation that shadowed him. And then all of that became secondary. Ray develops a condition called avascular necrosis. The head of his femur is disintegrating within the hip socket. For you and me, the fix is a hip replacement but you can't play goal in the NHL on an artificial hip. So Ray is done. Wait, maybe, just maybe, there is one Hail Mary left. An experimental new surgery has been developed at Duke University Medical Center in North Carolina. They will take a chunk of Ray's fibula and use it as a drill bit 
to get blood back into the hip. It's risky. Ray is told there's a chance he will never walk again. And even if the surgery is a success, something could still go horribly wrong in his rehab. Or when, if, he plays hockey again. Eli Wilson, Ray's longtime goalie coach and friend, says Emery says some crazy things to him during that time. Like, you know, if, if he spends the rest of his life in a wheelchair, he's fine with that as long as, uh, as, long as he gets back to the NHL. And- it's the only thing he wants in life. Ray has the surgery, anything for a chance, even if the odds look Powerball lottery bad. He spends a month in agony in hospital, his only movement pushing the button on his side of the bed to get upright to eat. And so the goalie and the trainer sit, Ray in his hospital bed, Matt alone in his gym. Two wounded souls trying to figure out, what now? Ray's agent, J.P. Barry, is also former lease captain Matt Sundin's agent. Barry asks Sundin who might be able to help Ray, and he recommends Matt. I got a call from this guy saying, I want to know if you could talk. I've got a player that uh, I'd like to refer to you. And he said it was the goalie, Ray Emery, who I knew, I knew of. Obviously, all those battles with the Senators over the years when I was with the Leafs. And I knew a lot of the stories about him off the ice and, you know, this and that. You know, I didn't know him at all personally, but I had this image in my mind. The odds of making it back are very remote. It's uncharted waters. There is no one Matt can call to ask about similar cases. What did you do? What exercises? What types of therapy? What's the timeline? No one has ever done it. Matt calls around to people in the league and he's told, Even in the event that he could physically be able to get back to play, there might not be a job for him because of all of his past transgressions that most teams may not want to touch this guy. Still, Matt agrees to meet with Ray. They sit down on a bench in his gym at the back of St. Michael's College School Arena in downtown Toronto and the trainer lays it all on the table. Okay, well, here's the deal. That These are the stats on this. this is, these are the odds of you making it back. And I said, even if we're able to, you know, hit a grand slam on this and get you back physically, I mean, it's not just, it's one thing to, to be able to get back to being able to walk or being able to go for a jog or a bike ride. Uh, even, even to be able to get back and be able to skate on the ice, that would, be, that would be a fantastic outcome. But at the end of the day, if you put in all this time and you put in all that effort, you still might not be able to get back. So you, what, what's a successful outcome to you? Is that like if we were able to get you back good enough to play East Coast League hockey, is that a successful outcome? There is also a deadline looming a few months away when Ray can be declared medically unfit to play. If this happens, he will receive a large insurance payout at the cost of never being allowed to play hockey again. If that deadline passes and he doesn't make it back, he gets nothing. Matt reminds him of this, too. He said, I don't, want, I don't care about the money. I want nothing to do with that. I, I want to play, right? So I want, I'm going to come back. You just worry about making my hips strong. I'll worry about playing in the NHL. I'm going to play in the NHL again. The trainer says, okay, and starts to try to figure out how to fix Ray. Neither the rehab nor the relationship comes easy. They spend endless hours in the gym and pool, and Ray says, nothing. No small talk, no questions, no conversation at all. At one point, Matt has to call Ray's agent and say, it, Like, can you ask him how it's going? Like, this, we'd, we'd be in the gym for an hour and a half, two hours with no chit-chat, no conversation, not no... A not a word. I, I just sort of had to find that for Ray, that he was, he's the kind of guy that doesn't, you know, didn't let a lot of people in. Matt thinks he's about to get fired. But J.P. Barry, Ray's agent, says, No, he likes you. That's just Ray. 
Matt isn't the only one to get the silent treatment. He brings in chiropractor Mike Prebeg to help. Prebeg specializes in soft tissue treatment and neurofunctional acupuncture. His first meeting with Ray doesn't go well. You know, there's one when we first met when we were like, listen, sir, your, your goal is to, yeah. to, 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 to walk, not to play hockey. He came in like he looked like a runway model. He had nothing. He was skinny. Yeah, he was like, yeah. there's nothing to him. For the first two weeks, he wouldn't talk to me because I told him he can't. He can't. He, he, going back to hockey is kind of crazy. He said, just treat me. That's all he said. And he doesn't talk to Prebeg again for weeks. He works on him in silence. Those first few weeks of rehab have nothing to do with hockey. Matt is trying to teach Ray's brain and muscles how to sit, stand, and walk again. The bone they harvest from the fibula has cost him all of his stability and balance. They work endlessly on tiny movements. Matt, as promised, is making it up as he goes. We'd go to the pool three days a week and, and see what we could do there. We spent time, we went down to the National Ballet and did things, you know, working on the, you know, was just, we, we literally, we were doing Pilates and various forms of yoga and vision training and, uh, you know, the, really just, you know, like, you know, the old saying goes, you just throw a bunch of shit at the wall and see what sticks. That's really what it was. There is one other person who might be able to help. Bo Jackson hears about Ray's injury through the pro sports grapevine and calls him. Because he had had the similar injury and a similar procedure, and uh, you know he came back to play baseball, was never able to come back to play football, but um, and he was incredibly helpful to Ray. Matt keeps pushing Ray to the edge and over. He was up for everything. He really like that was the thing that was most impressive to me is that he did so many things that were clearly way outside his comfort zone, but uh, he was willing to do whatever it takes. And everyone knows he's tough. You've seen the videos. You've seen him go toe to toe with you know with Peters and you know. That's a level of toughness. That's a type of toughness. This, this is a different thing I'm talking about. The, the toughness to, again, to withstand the level of pain that he must have had. But he never says a word. Ray is the toughest person and hardest worker Matt has ever seen. There are things we do to him in treatment that would make most people, even elite athletes, scream in agony. He just takes it, Prebeg adds. This guy likes pain. He, he processes pain in a different way. He, does, he ignores it. He doesn't. He he almost likes it. He almost like you know what I mean. When those some of those fights you watch on YouTube and you see him getting clocked, he gets punched in the face and he laughs. It, it made him feel alive. Like he, he woke. Like it woke him up. Like you could see it. As the days and weeks of endless punishing workouts pass, Ray starts to open up to Matt. They talk. He chirps Matt's bad jokes. He starts to let him in. Matt starts calling him Razor, the nickname Ray's friends use. Once you do get in, he was just one of the, again, kindest, most con- compassionate, considerate, generous people I've ever come into contact with. He's one of the most misunderstood players of his generation, Matt says. Prebeg is also starting to take down Ray's walls, brick by brick. One day we were working on him. We kind of, you know, had a couple breakthroughs. And all of a sudden he stood up and I said, do a squat for me. He squatted down, and he, and he had a little bit of a smile on his face. I, I just remember like getting a tingle through my body, going, holy shit, we might be able to do this. Like Even now saying that, I get that little, yeah. it's, it's crazy. He learns to love the guy. Prebeg says, once Ray trusts you, he's incredible. He's the most generous athlete Prebeg has ever worked with. Now, he did things that no one, no one knew, man. Like he, like even the gifts and the jerseys he signed. Not, I've, I've helped a lot of guys, man. No, no one's done, no one's done what he's done. 
They chip away day after day for months, sitting, standing, walking, squatting, getting in and out of the butterfly, moving from side to side. Eli Wilson, the goalie coach, comes by regularly to show Matt the body positions he needs to get his goalie into, the hip rotations Ray needs to be able to do. Matt creates the exercises to make those movements happen. And slowly, remarkably, Ray does them all. It's November now. Ray is back in full gear, crouched between two posts, already doing more than the doctors believe possible. Matt brings in some kids who play Junior B to shoot on Ray. Ray wants to be tested, high glove, high blocker, but the kids are scared to take real shots. Shooting high on a goalie is risky. You can hit them in the face. Most goalies will yell at you. They worry Ray might kill them. So he asks Eric Lindros to come out. When Matt sees a player like that taking shots and Ray making saves, it's the first time Matt thinks, maybe. The next day, Lindros and the junior players are testing Ray with breakaways. One of these young guys, one of the, one of the OJHL guys, uh, they came down and they were just doing breakaways and they came down and did a breakaway on Ray and Ray made the first save and then was kind of turn, turning back into the drill and the kid kind of came around and tucked the puck in and did a little bit of a, a celebration and I, and I saw this kind of switch go off and Ray, you know, exchanged some words with this young, like, uh, like he had been calm the whole time and just kind of easy going and all of a sudden he's, you know, let this kid know that probably shouldn't do that again and, you know, more, more colorful words. He, I remember he like took a stick and slammed his pads and said, you know, all right, let's fucking go. Ray is moving all over the net. Eric is firing it as hard as he can. Ray is making save after save. Matt doesn't think anyone scored on him for the rest of practice. All of a sudden now it was like, we just, we skipped ahead 15 steps in the rehab process. He jumped a month in advance and he was moving like a, like his former self and moving around in net. And I thought, okay, oh, okay, this, this, this is going to happen. That was the one day I noticed that this is going to happen. Word gets around. A few weeks later, Matt gets calls from two NHL general managers, grilling him about how Ray is doing about his attitude. Eli Wilson gets the same calls. The next day, Ray walks into Matt's gym in street clothes. And I said, uh, okay, you ready to go? I said, do you have to get changed? He goes, uh, no, uh, I'm not going to work out today. I'm going to Anaheim, bro. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, I signed in Anaheim. I said, oh my God, it's incredible. In the movies, this would be the scene with a long embrace, tears and cheesy, we did it lines. But this isn't Rocky or Rudy. It's Ray. Yeah. Kind of gave me a quick hug. He's like, okay, well, thanks, bro. I'll, I'll be in touch. And just walked out of the gym. And I thought, this is like five months of like twice a day, every day, seven days a week. Thanks, bro. And walked out of the gym. And I thought, what the, like... Thanks, bro. And he's gone. Matt shakes his head and laughs at the memory. That's just Ray's way. Besides, the comeback isn't really complete until he shows the world he can still play. He does. And soon it becomes clear... Ray hasn't just made it back, he's better. The amazing thing Wilson says is that he's a much different goalie after the comeback. The challenge for him was never going down, it was getting back up. Goaltenders get up with the back leg, so if they are moving to their left, they get up with the right leg. Ray could never rotate the repaired leg quite as well as the other. He could never get back up in position as smoothly, so he figured out how to rework the way he moved. He restructured his game to be a far more technical goaltender um, than before. There are setbacks along the way. Ray calls Matt after a Ducks playoff game that first spring to tell him he strained his hip flexor. He was laughing. I said, oh my God, how he goes, no, no, it's all good, bro. He goes, I, just, he goes, I was laughing because 
As I started sprinting to the bench, I realized I haven't done this, and this is the first time I've actually skated straight ahead. And you know, and then like, I sure enough, I got there, and I, it's you know, it wasn't so bad. He didn't miss any time, didn't miss any games, but he's laughing. He said basically, this is like, we haven't done that. I haven't done anything. I've literally only been moving in this crease. But Ray's fine. He thinks it's hilarious. That summer, Ray limps into Matt's gym one day, panicking his trainer again. He walked into the gym, limping, limping into the gym, like like barely able to walk in. I thought, oh my God, what happens? Your, your hip is, it? and he said, no, 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 it's, it's my ankle. And he showed me, and his ankle was swollen up like a beach ball. I said, what the hell happened? He goes, oh, I was playing uh, one-on-one with Spez. His close friend, Jason Spezza. Matt tries to lecture him, saying, you can't do this after everything you did to get back. Did you even warm up or stretch? And Ray says, Come on, bro, I'm an athlete. That was his direct question. I'm an athlete, bro. I can play basketball when I want to. Because I don't care about my head. There's no way I'm letting Spez beat me at one-on-one. Ray signs with Chicago in 2011. A season later, he teams up with Corey Crawford to win the Jennings Trophy for best team goaltending. Tonight. Ray finishes 17-1 with a 1.94 goals against average. It's one of the greatest seasons a backup goalie has ever had. The Blackhawks win the Stanley Cup. Ray gets his first and only ring. You wish the story would end here. A miracle comeback complete. A clean exit. But Ray's life was never that simple. He slides off track again when he retires from hockey three years later. More bad choices. Maybe that's why Ray fought so hard to get back after the surgery. He needed the game. Life without it was a struggle. I'm an athlete, bro. In the years since he retired, Matt hadn't heard much from Ray. A text here, a pick there. It was pretty random. It would yeah. be like a, a stupid joke yeah. or like a picture of him on some sort of like water hoverboard thing in Dubai somewhere. Dude, like just random like weird stuff, right? On July 15, 2018, Matt gets a text from another NHL player he trains. Uh, who just asked me if I had heard anything about Ray. Emery had drowned while hanging out with friends after a charity hockey game in Hamilton. They say he was trying to swim underwater to a dock 100 feet away in the early morning darkness. He never surfaced. Ray Emery was 35. I'd like to think that I, that I helped Ray, but he really helped me. Matt says, He gave me a purpose and a reason to get out of bed and be excited about the day ahead at a time when I didn't feel great about myself or my situation. We ended up in each other's lives when we really needed each other. I miss him. Remember when Ray signed with Anaheim and walked out of Matt's gym with just a simple, Thanks, bro? A couple of weeks later, a handwritten letter arrived in Matt's mailbox, followed by an autographed jersey. Matt keeps the contents of the letter to himself. To this day, Ray's jersey remains the only one that hangs in his office. The inscription on the jersey reads, Matty, you motivated me to do something that nobody thought we could do. You are the best trainer out there. I owe my career to you. Your bro, Razor. I, I love the game and I, I still want to play, so uh, um, and I stuck with it. You know, it makes you realize how special your time is in this league. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, 
I, uh, I love the game um, more than anything, so, you know, I want to keep playing. Beauties is written by me, James Duffy, and produced by Christoph Mamona, with the support of TSN and Bell Media. The book Beauties is available wherever you get your books. I think you'll like it. And don't forget to listen to our after show, Rubber Beauties, with the cast of the Rubber Boots podcast. You can find it where you find the Rubber Boots pod. Beauties! They call them beauties, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They play that game their own way, because they're beautiful.